Good morning, Hello Generations Christian Church. Uh, today is the Be the Church Sunday experience. So I want to say welcome to everyone that's watching. This is a very uh, specific message for the very beginning of this new year, 2024. And the heart of our Be the Church weekends, like when we're going to go out and we're going to do it. The heart of this is uh, really kind of it's kind of seated in what I'm doing right now. I'm on a rest. We're on a rest. We're all on a rest. We're, and this is, it's so central to the themes of uh, God's life, you know, kind of the, the patterns and the rhythms of rest. God rested after, you know, six days of hard work and the creation account, the Genesis story. Um, and then God also puts rest into uh, the law that he gives Moses on the mountain. And so as a church, uh, we're being real intentional because here's what I know, and this is really my heart in this message. Uh, I know that some of some of our folks, like you come to church and on Be the Church Sunday, you're sitting down at home and maybe you're in the living room or you're in the kitchen, you've got the laptop up or your phone. Maybe you've got the TV on and you're going to watch church. And there are, there are people that you love that are in your family that don't come normally on a Sunday, but now they're here and they're a part of this. And so to all of you, I want to say, Welcome to Be the Church Sunday. You're stuck in the living room. What's going to happen, right? Then that's kind of our intention that we spread out and like give to God, do some things that we normally wouldn't do instead of our normal gathering. But there's still some things that we want to incorporate into just a few minutes together. I've got a couple of major announcements for our church that I want to give everyone right now. But also, I want to bring a word to you that's just really kind of and perfect for the season that we're in as we walk into 2024. So uh, if you just hang with me, two big announcements for us as a church uh, here in a minute, but I want to take a few minutes to draw you to a text that uh, makes me think of the land, makes me think of uh, how God uses the themes of farming. You, you could probably tell right now that it looks cold here, and that's because it's, it's not just cold. It's freezing cold here. We're getting ready to go. The whole family's getting ready to go ice skating. Uh, downtown Indianapolis, we came back uh, to be with mom and dad and to have some time as a family here over uh, the week between Christmas and New Year's. And we're just, you know, playing games, hanging out. And my house, the house I grew up on as a boy, it's in town, right behind me, right across about one or two hills, would be the first street in Mooresville, Indiana. If you turn right, coming from Monrovia towards Mooresville, 321 Lockerbie Street is the house I grew up in. My dad passed away this year. We were here last in May. We came back for my dad's funeral. And mom recently called me. She told me that she's going to sell uh, She's going to sell their home and she's going to go and live with Luke in Arizona, one of my younger brothers, which makes total sense. Uh, be- beautiful place out there with her, the grandkids. Uh, that's going to be great. But I thought about this text in the Old Testament and rest and starting things new. I mean, God puts it all in this text. Now, if you look at the themes of the Old Testament, Jesus coming as the Messiah is the most incredible thing in the Old Testament. I mean, it talks about it everywhere. But that idea, that idea to a Jew in the Old Testament, that's an idea of hope, of excitement, of something that they're talking about. And it's all... It's not crazy. There, there are many times that like an anointed one would come. King David was anointed as king. 
Jesus is a king in the line of King David. He's the king of kings, right? He's, he's the better new David. But for Israel to receive a prophet who spoke words of the Lord, to, to, to know of a prophet who could do miracles that, that had happened, to know of some type of salvi- some national salvific moment, right, where God saves the nation of Israel throughout the books of the judge, the time of the judges, or uh, the, the time of some of the great prophets. That, that was normal. Like, you conceive of that. That's one of the greatest things in the Old Testament, that the Messiah would come. But there's an idea in the Old Testament that I would call one of the most radical ideas in the Old Testament. If you've ever been in Israel or around Jews and see how they practice the, the art of Sabbath, there really is something that we could all learn from. Just rhythms of peace, rhythms of abiding, rhythms of taking a rest from everything. That's what we're doing. That's why I'm, I'm bundled up and standing in a cow pasture trying to avoid cow patties right now, okay? This is, this is, our family is resting. It's so great. But this idea is found when Moses goes to the mountain and receives the law of the Lord. I mean, everything in the Old Testament really goes back to this moment when Israel's taken out of captivity in Egypt. They go before Mount Sinai. Moses goes up, and we always think, you know, Charlton Heston, he's up there for, you know, three or four minutes. He comes down with the tablets. It was, it was more than that. Moses actually spent 40 days up on the mountain. And God said, write this down, write this down, write this down. One of the things that's written down is this, what I would call the most radical idea in the Old Testament. You, you, you'll get how radical it is. It's found in Leviticus chapter 25, verse 8. It doesn't just talk about a Sabbath every seven years. Maybe you've heard that in terms of like resting the land, you know. My, my brother-in-law does cows periodically out here on, on the family's old kind of apple orchard really is what it used to be. They'll do cows, maybe some hay, but it's not like, you know, they're resting field by field by field. They're not doing that. Okay. But Israel would rest the land every seven years. But God says in verse 8 of Leviticus chapter 25, he says, here's what I want you to do, the radical idea. After a period of seven sevens, so seven years times seven. So this is 49 years. Every seventh year, you rest the land. After doing that seven times, you get 49 years. God says, I want you to then take a whole year. And this is like the craziest rest of all rests. This is the radical idea. God says, in this year of the Lord, this radical rest year, you're going to rest in this way. Any land that has been sold is going to be returned to the family ownership. Any debt that is owed, it's going to be forgiven. There's no more debt. It's, it's all going to be, it's all going to be forgiven. Um, any property at all is going to be returned. It's this total wipe the slate clean, fresh start, Ali Ali oxen free, you know, everyone gets on base, everyone come home, everyone, it's, it's an economic and social reset for the entire country. It is the most radical idea in the Old Testament. Total reset on all financial transactions. And God says, the land is all mine. And so I, I, I want to make sure that you don't get in the business of selling it and selling it and selling it. And in the change of people start to think they own land. God's like, actually, I own, I own it all. And this, it's called the year of Jubilee. I, I've been doing some research specifically on the year of Jubilee, because I, I knew about this radical idea in the Old Testament. I'm like, I'm not 
dove into it until recently. And diving into it recently, I'm like, this idea was was crazy. What would have happened? Because Israel, you you might be aware, Israel did not follow that rule. They didn't follow that pattern. They didn't follow that kind of rhythm for for living. And if, if they would have, there would be there would be no systemic poverty in, in the nation. I mean, it would it would have transformed who the country was. We can't find anything anywhere recorded or written down where there's like some context that says, well, this family was mad because they got kicked out. Like it doesn't, doesn't happen. Basically, it's like God said to do it. And all of Israel looked at that law and said, yeah, that's too crazy. We're, we're not doing that one. We're, we're not doing that one. It's just like God, though, to kind of come in front of us. I... If you missed this sermon two weeks ago, it won't matter for this, but we were actually in um, a text way in front of Leviticus. You know, Leviticus 25 is when Moses is on the mountain. And we were in a text all the way up into, you know, 1,500 years in the future into Isaiah's life, Isaiah 61. And we were looking at what the prophet said in Isaiah 61. And then we went farther into the future. We went to the time of Jesus. Jesus preached a sermon on Isaiah 61. And in Isaiah 61, verse 2, Jesus in a synagogue in his hometown of Nazareth, which is kind of crazy how all this goes together. It's this little planted nugget here. Jesus quotes verse 2 of Isaiah 61 in part of a larger quote, but verse 2 says this specifically. It says uh, that the, the year of the Lord's favor, this is that term for the 50th year, the, the year of the year of Jubilee, right? This this idea of this 50 year Jubilee year. Jesus quotes it, and here in this message he gives in Nazareth, Jesus says, That year of favor, it is starting right now. Luke chapter four records Jesus thousands of years after Moses gets the Jubilee law. God says to Moses, Do this Jubilee thing. Every 50 years, it's a party year. Matter of fact, God said, I'm going to take care of you on the land, like the literal land. I'm going to make the land do so good the year before that you're just going to keep eating off the land. God says, I've got it. Dedicate that year to liberty, freedom, forgiveness. Um, no more debt. Like, and here's the deal with Jubilee every 50 years. That concept, because it's every 50 years, it was normally a once in a lifetime moment and opportunity. It was a one shot, one chance. Most people didn't live to see two of them, right? I mean, unless they were born, like, you know, the year before. So it was rare. Life, life expectancy was just, it wasn't over 100. Jesus shows up, and we have this story of him in Luke 4, basically looking at the synagogue in his hometown and saying, by the way, the year of Jubilee, it starts right now. This is it. Jesus stops reading. The next verse Actually, the same part of that verse is I'm not just ushering in a, a season of jubilee, but I'm also going to usher in then uh, a, a season of judgment. Jesus doesn't read that part. He's like, the party, forgiveness, liberty, everything's going to return to its, 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 its own family. And I, I, I think about that a lot. Maybe this time of year because we're all we're all getting ready to start the new year. We've got hopes. 
you know, I, I don't know what your highlight reel looks. Maybe you could do a post or a reel, right, on, on some social media platform and you could make 2023 look great for you. But if, if we were to talk just personally and you were to open up, there are probably some hardships in 2023, some difficulties. Right? Same thing for Jen and I in our, in our lives. For Jesus to stand up and say, hey, you, do you know that? That way of life that I told everyone to live and every 50 years, there'd be a one chance in your lifetime to like total new start, total liberty, right? When, when I can make all of that work out for you, um, it's starting because I'm here right now. Like, this is it. I'm going to bring that. I'm going to bring that to you. Jesus says that because the fact that he came, that's like the season that we're in right now. Like, that's where we're at. We have this opportunity because of the reality of Jesus to step into the year of Jubilee. Let me make it really clear what I think God has for you in, in this whole story. Uh, it's freezing cold out here. <laughs> um, I think this is amazing because we're in a season where and the Lord's judgment, the Lord... Jesus Christ coming again to, to, to really establish his rule and, and put an, put an end to, um, the season we're in that is coming, but we're in a season where God says it's Jubilee. You can have all of your sins forgiven. Um, we're there. You're in that season right now. You could start 2024 off in a way that Jesus says, I'll return to you things that are broken, right? I will, I will mend things that you thought never in your lifetime. And he says, you got a shot because Jesus was ushering in his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. He was saying, now you have that once in a lifetime shot and it's still open. That, that chance for us is still open. The proclamation that Jesus made in his hometown in Nazareth, when he read from the Isaiah scroll and said, the year of Jubilee is here right now. We're still there. The, you, you, could, you could be there. You, you could be there right now. We as a church, okay, a, a couple announcements, because it, it really, I want to I wanna put an invitation out there for you. We as a church, we're entering into our 50th year. Really cool. 1974, this church was started. I know very few people that were a part of this church in 1974, but actually there are some, and we're going to get to hear some stories throughout the year from them. And they're, they're going to tell us about our history. If you're like me, you're new to the Generations family. Some of you, you wouldn't even say you're in it. You know, this just got thrown on you in the living room because it's Be the Church Sunday and now you're attending and you're halfway listening. Here's my invitation. Uh, I want to echo the invitation of Jesus. A year of Jubilee, it's ready for you. A year of the Lord's favor, it's ready for you. The favor of the Lord always comes uh, by way of obedience. I want to invite you to come and experience Generations for a year. We're getting ready to walk into a sermon series uh, called Heaven and Hell, which is really a really kind of crazy name we came up with to talk about what is heaven and what is hell, because so many people don't actually know uh, what heaven is going to be like, so they're not excited about it. And they don't know what hell is going to be like, so they don't, they don't care that it's a reality. Jesus talked a lot about these things. We're going to be looking for the next few weeks on a series called Heaven and Hell. And I'm telling you what, if you'll come and learn what the Word of God has for you, you'll be able to latch on to the promise of Jubilee. 
and the life that Jesus said, I want you to have a year of the Lord's favor where mending and brokenness is healed and good things are happening. Like this is what he asked for you in a year of Jubilee. All year long as a church, and it's not just going to be on like one day, we're going to celebrate a 50 years of God's goodness to generations kind of season. It's a year of Jubilee for us as a church. Super, super excited about that. Now, the second announcement is we're going to start it right away. We've not been talking about this. We've kind of kept it on the wraps. But this Thursday at 7 o'clock, we're having kind of a worship explosion night. And we're going to be doing spontaneous baptisms. Now, you can email into the church. You can comment right now in the, this, this, you know, the comment section if you're on Facebook or however you're watching. Comment and we'll immediately set you up and be ready to receive you. And you can start really a year of jubilee, a year of the Lord's favor, the way Jesus would fully intend. Come and be a part of a small group. Come and say, man, I, I want to be there and I want to receive the teaching that comes from the Word of God weekly. And I want to experience a year of the Lord's favor. Uh, start this Thursday with us. Seven o'clock as a church, we're going to get together. We're going to be singing. We're gonna, it's mostly a worship night, right? And that's pretty much the, the main thing. We're going to be praying, but we're going to be baptizing people. You can come that night. You are invited. This is such an incredible passage because Jesus understood that uh, judgment would be coming. But he said, right now, it's a season for liberty. Jubilee, the year of Jubilee, was all about the people of God getting to know what his character was. You know what's crazy about it? It's, Israel didn't obey the rule of Jubilee for all those years. And, but Jesus said, I tell you what, I'm going to come and I'm going to usher in Jubilee. Maybe you've lived your whole life and you know, you've not been obedient. Or you're a Christian and you know there's some things God's called you to do, but you haven't been doing them. This is the perfect time as we start a new year to say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to get really serious about following him. Here's what will happen. It will be a year of the Lord's favor in your, favor in your life. It won't be. He, he, he's always, he is always true to his promise. And when we follow after him, he's good to us. I'm excited about this year. I'm excited about starting our sermon series. I'm really excited to have our whole church gather together here in just a few days and start this new year out with Jubilee, the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus has come. It's going to be incredible. We want to see you there. This is your time.